Good evening and welcome back to another edition of the It's Not Orange podcast and tonight we'll be reviewing Fleetwood away and Bromley away as the Seasiders took part in back-to-back away games, drawing one and winning the other in the cup. Helping me review these games tonight, uh, welcome back Martin, how you doing bud? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, yeah. Good mate, feeling better after the uh, COVID episode? (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's all good fun, isn't it? But yeah, no, I'm I'm good. I'm good, and it was great to see. I, I saw a bit of live football last week. Went, you know, obviously we'll talk about it. Went to Fleetwood. Um, just enjoyed it. Just good to get out of uh, out of the house, other than working. So yeah, all good. Good man. Welcome back, Kurt. Bud, how you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Another quiet week as a Blackpool fan as usual. Nothing really Indeed. to report. <laughs> Hoggy, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, thank you, Tom. I'm good. The boys are back. We've not made a fool of ourselves live on TV for the first time in a while. The stars are definitely aligning. We've got a home draw in the next round of the FA Cup. 70 years on, we are going to Wembley and we're winning the FA Cup. We can dream, eh? Well, we'll get straight into uh, the review. Um, It's been a few days and we've played uh, a game since this, but... Fleetwood lives long in the memory for many reasons. Uh, Hoggy, I'll take you all through the lineup because we all enjoyed seeing that team sheet, of course. Uh, Grimshaw, Pennington, Marv's husband, Hamilton, Tushan Oakley Booth, uh, Dougal, Carey, Dale, Kowasi, and Rhodes. Um, Hoggy, we'll start with you because we're the one who's, who previewed the game and you've, you've alluded to it pre, pre-pod about seeing the problems within the within the lineup but just give us your overriding thoughts when you first see the lineups when you sat on the away end on Wednesday night I wasn't in the away end when I saw the lineup uh, and I debated going into it when I saw the lineup um because the definition of insanity is doing the same things over and over again and expecting different results um and as we've kind of been discussing it's the first time in a long time where the lineup is put out. Obviously, we don't know what Kringo is going to do and what balls are going to come out of the magic bag. But when we see it, it becomes glaringly obvious where our problems are going to be with the lineup that is picked. And for Neil to continue with the same three in the middle um, after the Peterborough game was simply. Uh, I was just astounded. I was absolutely astounded. Um, I suppose I'm, I could understand why he went with Carey after his second half performance. Um, but to retain Tasha and Oakley Booth in the middle after doing nothing against Peterborough, um, it, it, it was, I, I couldn't get my head around it at all. And I was absolutely not surprised to see him do even less than nothing is that even a thing? I don't know. In the first forty-five minutes against Fleetwood, so yeah, was was very surprised um, and not surprised to see Kwasi come in up top. Actually, I thought he would make that change. Um, so yeah, Neil being Neil, thanks for that. Kurt, come to you. The that that um, retainment of the place in the centre midfield was something we all spoke about um, on the preview pod about how much creativity we lacked and how much drive we lacked and positivity moving forward. And you go to a side, regardless of being on the up, um, but nonetheless still sit in the bottom bottom four, haven't created anything at home. I think they haven't scored two at home all season or, or for many months and they, they go ahead and score three against Blackpool. And 
we had the same issue against Peterborough side that are very creative. And as I, as I said, they kind of painted pictures around us while we watched them, um, you know, perform to very high standards. So he had the ability to make the change and take the game to Fleetwood and be the team that he wants to be, but he's chosen a midfielder that's had only 23 touches in the game. And just as, as, as Hoggy's already said, he's hardly done anything to control that midfield and, we didn't really need someone like he did against Oxford just to tap the ball side to side. We needed someone to take hold of that game because they're organised, say resilient. They're not. They concede a lot of goals and we didn't have that in the middle of the park at all. And Dembele would have been that difference as we saw in the second half. Um, I've watched enough of Tash and Oakley Booth, I think. I don't think I really need to see much more. I'm not really sure what he offers. Um, you'd think with the amount of what's he played, best part of roughly about two games in total, including his a bit. I've not seen anything from him apart from sideways and backwards. And even then, there's a lot of arm waving, not a lot of movement, not a lot of, you know, getting his foot stuck in. I, I, I can't, you know, Morgan has had a bit of a stuttery start, but I think when we see Morgan on the ball, he definitely offers a hell of a lot more than what Tasha Oakley Booth does. So if he was that desperate to, to be playing, you know, a defensive type, central midfielder you'd, you'd be playing Morgan all day um, we're going to see it this weekend we're, we're going to see um, someone that wants to not lose first as opposed to trying to win first and that's just how he's playing it that's why we saw Connolly at left wing back because he's got this element of trust in people um, and that's kind of how he's picking people is around trust and around the structure and around you know very rigid formation and people will do as they're told um, this Dembele just isn't his type of player. He doesn't like the freedom that he he, he wants to go and be every, here, there, and everywhere. And we can tell by the lack of games, you know. And and you know, Ian Holloway would have Dembele every game. He would be a trying to attack team at this level every single game. So look, it it is what it is. He's not going to change just because we you know we call it as it is on here. He's he's setting up ultimately to not lose first and then go from there. Martin, do you, do you add anything different to those ideas, and 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 do you have any opinion on what Critchley was trying to achieve by playing Tash and Oakley Booth again? I'm not, I'm not sure if I totally agree with the fact that he's setting up not to lose. I, th- I think, I think he's a rock in a hard place. I think, I think Norburn is a massive miss, obviously, and and no one can replace him really. And and but it certainly shouldn't be Tash and Oakley Booth. So I mean, he's got that wrong for a start, Critchley. You know. He, He's everything that Lincoln fans said he was, and even less. Um, he's just not, you know. He's he doesn't bring anything to the party. Uh, it's just he, he doesn't do anything. I mean, he's not. I can't work out if he's if he's a defensive mid. He's not really. He's not very athletic to get up and down the pitch and get in the box and score goals. I just he, we've had a few of these in in our time, haven't we? As Blackpool fans, just totally anonymous midfielders, and he's one of them. I, I don't think he's setting up not to lose. I think he just feels that if they get the basics right. Defensively, the, 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 the his forward players will just do the business for him. But the problem is, you have to dominate midfield, and and at times in that first half against Fleetwood, we were we were not doing that. And then when he sorted it out, as we'll talk about, he, he got it right. But shouldn't have to take that. So I don't know really at times what he's trying to do. I think he's he wants to go for it, but he's a bit scared to go for it. But then when he realizes that the only way to do it is to go for it, then we look like a really good team. So it's he's. He's a bit of a rock in a hard place, but I, I just, I just I, can he just get it sorted, please? That's all I want to see him do. Yeah, Hoggy, it's it's easy for for us to kind of say as a, as a, as a fan that he's trying to get the defence right first, 
you know, so the attacking players can do it. But within that midfield and up front with Kawasi, you we haven't got a lot there for for attacking players to go and do the work if the defence stays strong. Yeah, um, I do get what Martin, what Martin's saying about about Critch in terms of you know, um, but at half time on 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 Wednesday, so I say sorry, the fans had lost patience. They really had that away end was was boiling over. I've never seen Dan Grimshaw move so quick in my life, by the way. He sprinted back to his net, grabbed his towel. I thought Usain Bolt was going down the tunnel. He wanted to be nowhere near that away end. Um, and Critch was rightly getting loads of abuse, loads of abuse for what he, for, the, for his lineup that he put out. And, and like Martin said already, yes, there's a risk that's going to be taken by playing your more attacking players at this level. But I think we're all of the agreement with, with the quality that we've seen so far from opposition in League One. It's going to pay off more often than not. Um, so, Chris just Blackpool fans would, would going back to the Holloway point that you mentioned, Martin. Blackpool fans would rather see us go all out attack and lose a game six five than sit back, be two nil down to Fleetwood Town at any point ever. Um, that. And the sooner Critch realises that, the better. There's no doubt in my mind, if he goes out and continues to play more attacking players uh, in his starting lineup than defensive players, we'll be in a, a much, much better position at the end of this season and one that's certainly in the top six as a minimum. Yeah, and Hoggy, I'll stay with you. The two goals we conceded were ultimately fairly poor. Some weak defensive play, fair enough. It was a, a smart finish for the first goal and the second goal was a tap-in after a... <sighs> I don't know if your opinion on that as a goalkeeper, whether Grimshaw should have done better with it or not, but we found ourselves 2-0 down fairly early. And we, we, as Blackpool fans and even myself, we were some somewhat shell-shocked by just the sheer ease that Fleetwood found themselves 2-0 up. I still think feel like we could have had moments in the game where we could have come back in that first half, but ultimately 2-0 down in any game, regardless of who you're playing, it proves severely difficult to, 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 to come back from. Yeah, you mentioned the word ease there, and Critch mentioned that himself after the game. He said, you know, we could, they had a throw in their half, their left back, and, and, and four passes later, it's, it's in the back of our net, and not, we've not even attempted to make a tackle. Um, and then the second goal, you can talk about me being a Sunday League goalkeeper, I might as well have been in net for that, because I'm pretty damn sure I saved the first header and wouldn't have fumbled it like Grimshaw did. Um, but again, as a goalkeeper, you make a mistake, it's going to end up in the back of your net, and he doesn't make that many, but he'll be really annoyed with that, and it was poor goalkeeping. But then, the thing that's more frustrating was, we, we kind of reverted to type that we did against Peterborough. We, we, when Kiwasi's up top, we've got the tendency of, got, of, of going going long to him as the easy ball the easy option whereas when the subs were made at heart and you know and win a flick on or try and hold it up whereas when he made the subs that he made at half time I don't think the ball left the floor for a good 20-25 minutes and we all saw the outcome that produced so it just boils back down to the start in 11 again that was was fundamentally wrong and gave us a mountain to climb that we did climb um, and then we decided to jump off the top again without a parachute with the substitutions that we made were about 10 minutes to go yeah, we'll come on to that in a minute. I just want to just talk about Hoggy's point there, Kurt. Um, Kawasi's proven not to be an incredible footballer in terms of when the ball's at his feet, but he's also shown signs like against Cheltenham when we've needed him, where he's run it down the lines, held off defenders and and actually created opportunities within the box with, with, with not only his flick-ons when we've played the ball to him long, but also feeding the ball through like he did against Bromley, um, you know, for Lavery and and. 
a fairly heavy touch for Karamoko for the second goal, but ultimately he, he has got that ability about him, even though he's quite raw, to be able to play with the ball on the floor as well if he was to be selected. So who's to blame there? Is it, it, is it Critch for, 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 for his tactics? Because at the end of the day, I don't think Blackpool potentially would just choose to lump it forward at every given opportunity with, with the footballing ability that we have in the team. Used to see it with Medine though. You play a Gary Medine on the pitch, even John Murphy, and you just suddenly you're hitting his head. You know, you're not. And actually, Medine wasn't too bad at chesting the ball, controlling it, holding it up, and similar. I think Kwasi's got it. He's learning every single sort of week. So um, I don't know. I don't know. We've got this weird thing going on in our squad at the minute, um, or our team. Whichever first eleven we put out, it can be a real coin toss of what performance they're going to see. And then it'll either be a really solid, you know, almost a perfect half of football, um, followed by complete dross. And I think that's kind of down to Critchley in in (coughs) setting up and maintaining the same sort of, trying to maintain the same level. You know, we set up the way we did. You know, we don't need to go into Tash and Oakley Booth. But if you set up with sort of negative central midfielders with very little creativity, guess what you're going to have? A sort of lacklustre, very dull performance. When you've got Dembele on the pitch, what are Fleetwood thinking? They're they're thinking about where's this where's this little wizard going to be running around to? Because he pops up everywhere. You watch him, and he he'll pop up everywhere and create stuff. And I said this about seven eight pods ago. We could really storm this league by just playing a team around him and just generally focusing on him. Um, because teams will have to do something about him. They'll have to pack the midfield. They'll have to change the way they play. And I think it just all boils down, boils down to the you know Critch constantly worrying about other teams and what other teams have, as opposed to focusing on us. On us. Um, but it, it, to your point, um, I don't know. I really don't know. I think, I think we need to really be consistent in the way we're wanting to play football, and that's either being really tight and compact and you know, playing through CJ and playing through Dale or it's playing with a Dembele and being really creative. It it seems to be a bit of a mix and match with the, you know, with the formation that we're playing at the minute. Yeah, we're going to talk about the second half um, just in a second, Martin, but I'll just take you back to Critchley's first tenure at the club. We, I think I always go back to, to certain players when they talk about Critch and Gary Medine is actually one of those for me because he said he's one of the most Intricate managers when he's thinking about the opposition, the changes he makes are subtle but effective. He goes into so much detail within training, but I don't feel it this time, Martin. I don't know if you agree, but he's—I don't know what Critchley's doing this time around. Now I don't know if we're seeing—I'm not saying he was lucky the first time around because clearly he was very tactical and, and you know and, he, and and we went on one of the best runs we've had in in our history. But as a as a fan, as Hoggy said. Um, and we can all see he is making the most ridiculous decisions both in-game and before games, even though it's glaringly obvious what, what the issue is going to be. Now, do you think is him implementing new ideas or do you think he's just kind of being stubborn and persistent, even though it's clearly not working? <clears throat> yeah, I wish I knew. I, I wish I could be more concise really and give you an answer. I think, do, do, you, do you guys not get the impression that maybe he... He ha- it is stubbornness, but he has he has faith in certain players that they will come good. 
But then at the same time, and we have to talk about Dembele because, you know, a couple of weeks ago I was on here saying, you know, maybe it's not a bad thing if you keep him in reserve. What a stupid comment, right, of my own that I made there. And if he, he has to play every single week, Dembele, it's not even a debate anymore. He's the best player in this in the club. He's the best player we've had for a few years. He has to play every week. And sooner or later, the penny will drop with Critch where he says, do you know what, Jesus, I really can't drop this guy. But it should have, should have happened about a month ago. Um, before before we probably realised it, but but I I don't know. I think he probably expects better from one or two of the players, and maybe he just thinks it's gonna gonna come good, or 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 he thinks that that, that the penny will drop with them tactically and it will work. But um, it is it's strange. I'd love to sit down with him and chat with him. Would you like to get inside Crixley's head? You know, we'd love to. I'd, seriously, I'm not being sarcastic. I'd love to sit down with him and be you know not have a a cosy kind of Blackpool Football Club chat with him and literally just say right, Neil. What is he thinking behind that? I'm just really fascinated to know why he did that because most of us didn't agree with it. So I, I don't know. It's very difficult to come up with an answer for what he's trying to do. I just hope that he finds the formula, like because it's a bit, it's a bit schizophrenic in it at the moment. We're either absolutely amazing, or you look at it and go, "What the hell is this?" Like Fleetwood first half, Fleetwood second half, Jekyll and Hyde performances from the same squad of players, with obviously with some changes. So um, I'd love to know. I would love to know. I'm sure that the fans and the people who post on X and are in our fans, everyone's got an opinion on it. And at the moment, it's, it's all a bit negative, which I get. And it was toxic at halftime. I could hear it from where I was. It was awful. That segues nicely into a schizophrenic chat because the second half and first 15 minutes, Hoggy and, and for the majority of it, in all fairness, saw the introduction of Shane Lavery um, and, of course, that man, Karamoko Dembele. Um, I'll take you through Karamoko's stats. Um, he won five out, five out of eight of his ground duels, um, which is much much more effective in um, previous weeks, in all fairness to him. Recovered the ball four times. Um, he dribbled past five players and passes in the final third were six. And 22 of those 26 passes were successful. He created three chances. Um, and as we all know, was immediately very effective. As, as um, Kurt said, he was popping up left, right, and centre. And it took us all all of a minute or two just to just to cut Fleetwood open. And, and it was a decent strike from Sonny Carey to see the to see his pull one back. Yeah, um, his, his stats speak for themselves. Um, but again, he's one of those players that you don't really need to rely on stats to see what he's all about. Um, very much got the, the the hula-han about him in terms of small confined spaces turns turns three men in the blink of an eye before he even knows it you think oh he's got lucky that time but then he does it again two, three, four times later you go you know, this clearly isn't luck um, draws players all out all over the place like like Kurt said earlier on makes chances he's, he's happy to have a shot at goal plays inch perfect through balls uh, for players to run on to um, and again Martin, Martin nailed it he's, he's technically the most best the gifted player at the, at the club and he, and he simply has to start um, every week now unless he's injured um, a, bit of, a bit of a weird caveat I, I just want to say something about the fleet, the, steward, the stewards and the Fleetwood end by the way the way end because they had a very difficult first half with fans wanting to get on the pitch for the wrong reasons. And within the space of that 20 minutes that Dembele came on the pitch, they also had fans trying to get on the pitch for the right reasons. And they had stewards up in the air on people's shoulders and they handled a very difficult 40 minutes for themselves quite well. Um, just something I want to add, which is a bit rare normally for very angry away fans in the first half. Um, and yeah, that was that was simply down to the, t- the two subs that Critch made that going back to the point Martin made. Sadler mentioned it actually in the first time Critch was here. He said that one of the things he liked about Critch is he'd always try and explain his tactics and his reasoning behind what, what he's done. 
I think he's been very cautious in his uh, interviews so far after the games, not really giving too much away as to why he's doing things. But if performances are very much going to continue as Jekyll and Hyde, I think he's going to need to start coming out and trying to explain what the hell he's trying to do because you, you simply can't work it out. It's nigh on impossible. And we've got a, a big month coming up a big month coming up with on paper you're looking at your two home games where you you you've simply got to win them it's non-negotiable and your two away games tell you if you're going to be in and around the top six at the end of the season or not so over to you Neil Kurt I don't think I've seen um, despite the opposition uh, a more dominant second half that Blackpool offered up specifically in the first what 20-25 minutes obviously we scored those three goals it was Blissful X was a volatile place as probably as well as the away end with with fans slagging off Oakley Booth and Carey etc for offering nothing in the centre of the park. But for me and and Helke's already said like in spells Carey's shown quite a lot of ability in the last few games and he's growing into his season probably more stagnant than we want him to be. But nonetheless he's growing and he's not afraid to have a shot. Dougal's shown that as well against Bromley. He's he's had 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 shots from twenty five thirty yards. So I like that about the midfield now. However, um, obviously those fans were silenced with, with Carey's two finishes. The both, to be fair to him, were, were pretty exquisite. Um, and then we dominated the ball for, for a long period of time and it was a fantastic through ball for Lavery to finish as well. So all of the substitutions as well as Lavery getting back on the score sheet had a positive impact. Um, but what was your thoughts on those first or 20, 25 minutes of the second half? Yeah, it was good. I'll caveat it. The, a couple of people were saying, you know, well done, Neil, you know, you really brave subs. I, I didn't think they were brave. Personally, I don't think they're brave. But first of all, he's kept the same shape. If it was brave, he'd have taken off a centre-back and then put someone else up front. He would have abandoned formation and gone, right, this really isn't working. He made the subs that pretty much everybody here would have done. Let's be honest, almost all of us would have brought Dembele on, 100%. Dembele wouldn't have even been on the bench in, in my world. But in terms of the actual play, yeah, that's what we want to see from the start. You know, we've said that all along. You you play you play players like Dembele, um, you know, Lavery as well, you know, and play it on the deck and get people running behind and, and get at teams. And you can that's what it looks like. You know, that's what we should be doing teams, you know, to teams like Fleetwood. You know, um, I thought Fleetwood were pretty good, actually. I thought Danny May had a good game. The promise on promise on the right had looked pretty handy. Um, you know, Jack Marriott scores goals as well. So I don't think they're as, as shambolic as their position, but still they're a bottom half league one side and we should really be taking it to them like we were. But it was good to see, you know, again, Lavery on the score sheet. You know, he's starting to beat, like I said in a couple of pods ago, we needed that Yates replacement. Yes, we struck lucky with Rhodes, but that's we thought Lavery was going to do that straight away. So hopefully he carries on with that now. Um, Kerry, is, those sorts of shots are what I've been wanting to see from Kerry all season. You know, that's, that's what he should be doing. A, a, any sort of slight angle of a shot from the edge of the box, have a dig. He's got it in his locker and that's we, we really want him to press on, you know. Uh, all I'm looking at him now is thinking you're just a league one standard player and have done for the most of the season. If he can build on this now and start to, you know, really chip in with assists, good solid performances, he needs to cut out some of these silly balls from dangerous in dangerous positions as well, because he gave the ball away in a really silly position by trying to be over, you know, flamboyant with his passes. Do it in the right areas, yeah? Not in silly areas in our third. 
do it in the central, you know, central third. So, look, it was really promising. Um, but again, there's a we'll probably go on to there's a bit of a mentality question, isn't there, around how we see these games out and we we do a professional job on teams because it's there's there's serious question marks. Yeah, Martin. Before I come to hockey, I want to talk about um, this. The well, we're going to c- combine the whole mentality piece in- into this next section. So we-, we talk about having teams on the ropes. I think that that game cast my mind back to to Reading when we when we came back to win three two. We-, we we just had the ball. We were like Kurt said, playing it in behind. We were interchanging pass and we were having shots. We were creating chances, having the ball into the area. We scored the third goal before the hour mark, and you just think we could go and score four or five, six here, and it could be one of the the best 45 minutes of, of, of Blackpool's season and, and one of the best games we've played in a while. But we started to take the foot off the gas and we make substitutions nine minutes to go. Um, granted, yes, Dale could have been slightly tired, but Fleetwood were knackered as well. I'd, I can kind of say, yeah, maybe he brings on Conley because as Kurt said before and, and you said before, he, he trusts them. Um, but he did the same thing at Charlton when we, we, we generally were dominating the game with 2-0 up with 10 minutes to go and effectively regardless of how the goals the third goal has gone in we shouldn't have been in that position anyway in my opinion we should be 4 or 5-2 up and, and that, that goal wouldn't have mattered one iota but a bit like Bromley we were stuck in that second half foot off the gas with 10 minutes to go thinking at any point someone like Jack Murray could score and, and that's exactly what happened yeah this is where um, with this whole debate that I possibly have a bit more sympathy for Critchley if we're talking about this particular point than maybe some of the others because I didn't actually have a problem with the subs he made. I didn't have a problem with Connolly because, for, for instance, because he, he played a couple of really good balls into the channel, I still think even with that setup that we had after we made the subs that we still should have scored a couple more, um, I, I don't see that was the problem. I think I think the problem, that, you know, that they, they it was a great it was a great finish from Marriott's for the equaliser, but... Um, there was a mistake in our midfield where we gave the ball away. Um, I don't think that was anything to do with the subs personally. And I also think it's difficult. I think I think it's a very emotional game. And you're three to away at Fleetwood. You've got yourself out of a hole. And I don't know how many other... It, it's easy for us to sit here, but as a manager or as a potential manager, you know, armchair manager looking at it, whether whether we would do anything necessarily different. Because when you're when the result's on the line in and in in what was an emotional game, because let's not forget, we 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 cannot am I going to contribute myself maybe, but we, we can't lose to Fleetwood. It's just not on the agenda. And if you're local to here, like obviously like I am and and you know and Hoggy is, you know, you you, you see I, I know plenty of lapsed Blackpool fans that became Fleetwood fans and and they don't like us very much and it's quite irritating. So I don't care about Fleetwood particularly, but I don't want to lose to them. And I suppose it was an emotional game on a bit of a knife edge, but but I think we hadn't got that fourth and fifth goal and Critchley saying, right, okay, we need to maybe calm this down. But I still thought we were in total control of the game. I don't think it gave them much impetus with the subs he made. I think it was more of a mistake and a great finish from a, a guy who I think he's too good to play for Fleetwood, Jack Murray. I think he should be playing for somebody better. Um, but I, I don't really have a problem with the sub- subs he made. I think it was I think it was a, a horrendous mistake in midfield that gave the ball away for them to score. They never got anywhere near our goal in that second half until they scored, in my opinion. So I, I have a bit of sympathy for him. I don't think it's as horrendous as some people made out. I think if we hang on and see, it, see the game out, people aren't talking about it. But, you know, that's just my well, opinion. Well, they're not they're not talking about it because we won the game. And and Hoggy, I'll come in on you. I don't know. 
if if you again agree to to De Martin's points, but I I I just feel if you make those subs at any point, you think, oh yeah, I kind of understand it, but at the same time, you've got to understand the footballing side of it. And if you can keep that team for for nine or ten more minutes while they're doing what they're doing, and you know when we've got Bromley coming up, let those players rest. You can kind of say you you have got momentum, you have got the ball, you have got control, so don't change that. And those two substitutions for me, as they did against Charlton, although they may be understandable, football doesn't quite work like that. In the second half, they had four shots, two on target, one being the second goal, uh, the third goal, of course. Let me just take you through the stats in the second half. 65% possession to Blackpool. Expected goals of 1.67, so we overachieved on that because of the long shots. But we had 24 shots six on target, um, I could go on. My point is, the subs for me do kill it, and I'm not blaming Critchley entirely because it is a mistake, but how have we not gone for the jugular? And I, and I, and I want to bring in a mentality um, question here. Do, do we lack um, a leadership? Do we lack intent? Do we lack a, a passion to go and score four or five or six goals? Because we showed it at Cheltenham, this inability to keep doing what we're doing and and we scored three goals in 12 minutes is is costing us regardless of who we're playing because league one you'll get strikers like Jack Murray in, in poor sides that will score goals and I'm going on a little bit here but for me it's not just about subs in this game I think it's a mentality issue from either someone being the manager or, or players on that pitch what are your thoughts? I, I I fully agree with what you're saying, Tom. I, I disagree with Martin, um, if, if I'm being honest. Um, I, I, it is on Critchley. Critchley made the subs. We were at, You've just gone through a few stats there. We, we, we could have beat Fleetwood four times over in that first 35, 40 minutes. And yes, we didn't get the fourth goal, but we weren't not looking like we were going to. And they were certainly not even looking like scoring a goal at all. The subs, if anything, we talked about impetus, it killed it for us. Fleetwood hadn't had a shot until we made them subs. And the subs that we made, Callum Conley absolutely is a player that, that, that Critchley trusts. Callum Conley is also, never has been and never will be, a left wing back. And Callum will probably be the first to admit that himself. We had, okay, it turned out we had 20 minutes left because there was 10 minutes injury time or whatever, but that's probably including their goal. So let's go, there was 10 minutes left of the game. We had an FA Cup tie against the non-league team with the greatest respect that was coming up on Saturday. What are we making changes for, for unless players are injured and dying to come off that pitch in a game that we have absolutely dominated since you've made the subs? And I agree with Kurt as well. The subs weren't brave. They were absolutely obvious. Again, going back to the fault of Critchley for not even they starting. They were forced. They were forced, yeah. weren't they, at the end of yeah. the day? Forced by Critchley upon himself um, for picking the wrong start in 11. We talk about mentality. Um, I don't get what you want in from Callum Conley when you bring him on at left wing. Um Casey's just signed a new contract today. There's a telling quote on it, okay? He said, all players want to do is play regularly. That's all players want to do. The players that are coming in and we're questioning on this pod week after week, they're not playing regularly. Okay, Critch isn't helping them out by pulling them in left, right and centre for a game here, do a job there in the middle. And I'm, I'm going to go back to, to um, in the middle, Carey again. Okay, he's had his best 245 minutes playing alongside Kenny Dougal next to him, not in front of him, trying to link play in the hole. Okay, he's played alongside Dougal and he's been arguably the best player on the pitch at the time. Okay. 
why do we keep the first half against Fleetwood after you made after you played a fantastic forty five minutes alongside Dougal against Peterborough? They scoring a goal, could have had two or three. Do we then revert to type and ask him to play in a play in a hole that he simply can't do? It's ridiculous. So in terms of being, is it a mentality thing? I don't know if it is. It feels to me like there's much more confusion going on between what Critchley wants players to do who are unable to do it, and I would question, are they ever going to be able to do it, as opposed to it being a mentality issue at the moment of the team. Uh, and I think the fact that we didn't pick up three points against Fleetwood is all on Neil Critchley and his starting eleven and his very poor subs that, again, you've alluded to, could be related to the, the Charlton debacle as well. Cut. Your your ideologies around Blackpool's mentality because I I don't know if I'm getting it confused with Critchley's tactics or what he's trying to prove, but for me, someone of his intelligence and 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 Hoggy said it right at the start, you can't keep doing what he's doing and expecting different results and and Tashnokli booth or someone else just to tick over when you can quite evidently see you know, we're, we're much weaker there. And then when you see with your own eyes, some of the best football we've played all season to then go, let's put a centre back slash centre midfielder at left wing back. As an example, like Martin said, yes, it was a mistake, but at the same time it kills, it kills the momentum and feel of the game and, and just allows them back into it a little bit more where, where we've had a striker take his chance. But what's your views on, on, on our mentality as a manager and a team? Going to the subs, just just quickly. If 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 Critch took off, I don't know, Jordan Rhodes and said Conley, right, I want you to sit next to Kenny Dougal in front of the defence. None of us would have a problem with that, would we? No. What what you're doing is you're changing the 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 statement of intent of right. We are defending now. If we're taking off a, an attacking wing back, we are sitting back. Conley is not going to be marauding past the halfway line. So what does that already do? They they already are pushing onto you then because they know what you're trying to do. You're trying to shut up shop. That's what you're trying to do. You're trying to shut up shop. So, you know, for, for me, I, I I would have liked to have seen Thompson come on. You know, if, if they all really needed to go off, just put Thompson in there. At least he can, you know, use his left foot and go down the wing and be, you know, at least be an option. Um I, I don't think there's a mentality thing there. There's more than enough players there with enough experience of in winning football teams. You know, husband, you know, Dougal's been here, done it before. Jordan Rhodes has been here, done it before. There's more than enough experience in that team. It's not like we've got a team of 23, 24, 25-year-olds that are maybe a bit inexperienced. There's enough of a mixture there. Um, I think ultimately it's a bit of what Martin says and a bit of what Hoggy says in that, I put professional footballers on the pitch and give them instructions. I would expect them to close the game out. And then part of me is a bit like, well, Neil, the statement is we're going to defend for the last 10 minutes and hold on to this goal lead as opposed to trying to get a fourth and killing it. So, you know, I think he needs to learn because we've tried to hold on a couple of times now and got found out, Charlton and Fleetwood. I think next time, like for like subs, keep it, keep, keep the attacking tent because we're on top. You know, we're we're not we're not. It's not like we're away to Bolton and we're three two up with ten minutes to go. We're away to one of the poorer sides. So, I th- I think Neil just needs to. Oh, we've said it so many times. He's got to be a bit braver. We, you know, Blackpool fans will always go for for you know and 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 support someone that's brave in the way they they shape up to play football. So, you know that Neil's going to learn a lot of lessons. And I think the problem that we've got with Critchley is that in his first stint with us, we're kind of watching a manager learn and letting him make mistakes and letting him change and letting him evolve. And we were taking, going along with the journey. Whereas now we're like, 
listen, you've you've been a manager for four or five years, assistant manager. This isn't good enough for you to be learning on the job. You should have figured this out. You know, if we can see the glaringly obvious in, you know, in not playing Dembele or playing Callum Connolly at left wing back, you know, or playing Mar for three or four games too many, you know, you should be picking that up on that. So let's just hope, you know, look, we're, we're still in the mix. You know, we're still right in there. I think a couple of changes and we find that 11, you know, similar to last time we were in League One, you find that that 11 um, that works and, and I think we'll storm up the league. Yeah, I would... I can't stay with you, but I'll take you through our league games if we will. So I'll talk, talk for a little bit here. Um, and I want to talk about the 45 minute syndrome Blackpool seem to have. So Burton, 2 0, first half of Dream, second half of, of uh, very poor football. We had the Derby game that was in the EFL Cup, of course, fairly decent game, but we let them play in the second half. We have Exeter, Port Vale at home, where we, I, don't, I think we played well in spells of both halves. Late in Orient, first good 20 minutes. Um, a little bit in the second half as well. Lincoln away. Wigan at home, that second half, of course, let them play. They scored a late goal, then Kenny Dougal sort of saved us. Wickham. Um, Reading, you could argue, probably is a 90 minutes, but they still dominate a lot of the ball in that first half. Then you had Barnsley, where we absolutely, you know, scraped and, and you know, a very good victory, but nonetheless, we didn't, you know, have. 45 minutes of, of dominating any of the ball. We had Derby at home where we looked a bit lost. Charlton where we looked fantastic in spells, but obviously lost a 2-0 lead. Stevenage at home. Gents, you could probably say that a game where we dominate for the majority of it. Um, Oxford um, 1-1. Um, Cheltenham, which we all know what happened there. And obviously the games more recently. So, and I've just spoken a lot there, but it seems we... If he is trying to find the formula, I don't know how he's going about it because we haven't got the personnel and this comes down to recruitment a little bit, even though we start to build something with those wins and that unbeaten run. But it started to drift back into games where now Dougal's out for, for, for Bolton and Norburn potentially isn't back. I'm absolutely petrified as to what's going to line up in the middle. So he's got a lot to think about this weekend, hasn't he, Kurt? Because we're going to, we're going to preview um, Bolton later in the week, but the game coming up, as Hoggy said, is is one of the biggest of the season, if not the biggest, um, in terms of importance of a win and 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 building a bit of momentum. But at the same time, is is he learning on the job or is he being overwhelmed with with the with the expectation that we should be in the playoffs? I don't I don't know quite what the answer is, but I'm seeing a side of Critch which is kind of maybe scrambling for ideas, even though he seemed to be sure of himself first tenure. It's interesting, isn't it? Because some of Neil's quotes seem to point to the players not delivering what he's asking. And that's a dangerous place to be when you start blaming the players. You know, a lot of successful managers blame themselves, they deflect, you know, all that sort of stuff. Whereas Neil seems to be kind of pointing the finger and saying, right, you lot need to sort it out because I'm telling you the right stuff to do um, and you're not doing it. So, yeah, look, it... I don't think he's necessarily learning on the job. I think sometimes he's being forced into things. You know, he's finding us 2-0 down in a derby against, you know, the, the little noisy pub team neighbours. You've you got to make changes. You've got no choice. You can't just stay the same because it was, it was terrible. So, you know, this, you know, looking at these games, we've got some interesting games here where you've got home games that we're fully expected to win. And then away games against your sort of much better teams in this league. So 
uh, by the end of November, I think that it's probably one of the most important months so far, and we'll really know where we're going. And the problem is, if we're if we're, no, if we're going sort of backwards, there's going to be a lot of noise from the fans because we we've seen what we can do with a strong starting eleven that uh, attacks with intent and tempo, um, and that's what we want to see. And he's kind of withholding us from seeing that. I'd almost forgive him this weekend for going with the same formation as he did at Fleawood because that's what you would do against the stronger, you know, better teams in the league. You'd you try and make it a bit tighter and then you'd bring on your flair players, not not against your Cheltenham, Port Vales and you know, sides in this league. So I think this is the, the most important month for Neil Critchley's career because if we lose four out of five of these games or, or you know, three and then draw one and lose one, he could could be in trouble. I think it's a really fair point to be fair. Um and Martin, the next the next few um games we you know are very important because we have Bolton obviously away next game. Um then we move on to we do have an EFL trophy game, but in the league we have Shrewsbury at home, then Portsmouth away, which is gonna be prove another t- a tough away test, then then Northampton at home. And like you say, these four games Potential, I mean, career-breaking for him in terms of being a Blackpool manager. But he said after the Bromley game, I know what it takes to be successful. And he's absolutely right. He he did it first time around, but it's now down to him. Um, and I think Jason actually summed this up really well. Um, we haven't heard from Jason a while on the pod, but he, I think he put out on X, he's identified the issues, he's identified the problems. Now he's noticed it. If it's taken this long, then fair enough. <laughs> Against Bolton now, he's made a rod for his own back because he's literally said... We need a better mentality. And I now, you know, he's now identified when we need that mentality. And that's when we, the game's not going for us. And against Bromley, we saw in the second half, I actually probably sympathise with him a little bit because he said the second half we let them play basically. And I didn't want that. I wanted us to go a bit further forward. So maybe like Kurt said, he was pointing out the players a little bit in that game. But Bromley was an uncomfortable second half to watch. And if he's noticed that now and when the mentality, um, sorry, when the momentum's not with us, he needs to take better control of games. We bloody better see it against Bolton because if he makes those same mistakes again, the fans are going to be asking questions. Yeah. Yeah, I can, I can see that. And I agree. I, I think you'll see a better mentality against Bolton because the opposition's better. And it shouldn't work like that. But, foot, we, you know, if, if you ever worked with footballers or got to know footballers, this is kind of sometimes how they work. I, I still think some of our players have turned up for one or two games this season and thought, oh, we'll stroll this. Because they've played in the Championship and they think this is a little bit easier. I think not all of them, but I think one or two have that mentality about them. Um, like a, I don't think it's in... I don't want to name names. I think may, may, no, I don't. I mean, no, I'm generally interested for, for to, to know like, what sort, what, why they have the mentality, and you know, and, you know, maybe what position they play. If you're not going to name names, but I, I don't know if I've seen that in certain players. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I haven't been to many games as you, but I watched them all back. I don't know if I've seen that, but maybe not being up for it. Maybe that's a bit different to to thinking they cruise it, but or is maybe, it maybe that's I what I'm know, trying but... to say. I, I think I think again that word mentality it can mean you know you can use it in different contexts, can't you? But I I wonder that there might be a reason why in a lot of games this season against slightly better opposition we've kind of raised raised our game a little bit. Um, but I, I like I say I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily name names, but I think I think there has been occasionally that little bit of an attitude about that, which I don't know. Footballers are human beings, but they they can't be like that very often. I do think. Going back to my point, I do think the mentality against Bolton will be better because um, I think because of the the local connection and the, historically that's quite you know that they're, they're, they're also forget all that actually the fact that Bolton are a good side 
Um, and it's going to be in a packed stadium with a really good atmosphere. And I think I wouldn't have any... I, I have more fears about going to somewhere like Wickham <laughs> or Lincoln, as it proved, than probably going to the likes of Charlton or Bolton or Barnsley or Derby or something like that, where there's a bigger crowd and a better atmosphere, uh, which I was just going to say, though, I, I don't know now how I feel about our rest of the fixtures, because if you take Bolton and... Portsmouth away for the next two months. We don't play any outstanding teams. I don't know if you guys agree. If you look at the, I like our fixtures on paper, and I think even if they won one and lost one, or even got a, a you know a, a couple of points at, at Bolton and, and Portsmouth, um, there's an awful lot of points to play for in 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 November, December, and January, which should see us right up there anyway. But I doesn't give them a free hit. Bolton's not a free hit. It's a massive game. You know, we don't like Bolton and we need and they're a competitive team. I also think Bolton are a little bit open at the back sometimes. They will give us a chance if we're brave enough to go for it. There are goals to be had. Carlisle went there the other week and, and won. Uh, Wigan went there early in the season and scored four past them. So Bolton are not and they're not running away with it like they thought they would do, and they're not watertight. So Again, if we can get our mentality right, the, the thing that worries me is midfield, obviously, if Norburn's not playing and, and Dougal's out. But that goes back to the point I made a couple of weeks ago where I still think that there is a gap in our midfield that is waiting to be filled in January by somebody better. Don't if you guys, again, if you guys agree, but we keep mentioning the word, the name Owen Moxon, but somebody of that calibre, there is there is a midfield shirt up for grabs in, in Blackpool's team that would make us a better side rather than having the inconsistent Morgan coming in and out, the absolutely anonymous Tasha Oakley Booth. Because who can we really rely on in the centre of midfield, game in, game out? Norburn and Dougal. Carey's in and out. The other two, the jury's massively out, especially on one of them. So I just think there's a, there's a, there's a, you know, there are good things to come in January if we can bag some points over Christmas and, and in December. Um, I still think we're going to be right up there, and I expect us to finish in the top six. I, I, um, I agree, Martin, yeah. to be fair. I think I think that there's a huge irony here that, that and I don't, don't want to go too much into detail about Bolton now because we're going to preview it properly, but the irony is Critch, like Jay said, he might have now seen the problems and he could put out what we most of us agree is our best eleven and attack them and match them and square them up and, and we could play well and still get beat because they are a good side. Um, but like um, Kurt alluded to earlier, Blackpool fans will back that. We'll support that going out and playing our way. We know we'll get a chance to play against Bolton and Portsmouth. I agree with Martin again in terms of the fixture list. December looks worse than, than November because they're games that Blackpool historically we always struggle with. And we've shown already this season that we have done away at um away at um Lincoln, away at Wickham. Games on paper that we look at and go, well, they're three points. They're not going to be. December will be tricky. And if we're not in and amongst it, um come January, then like I say, Critch, Critch could be in a bit in a spot of bother. But I agree with Martin as well. I think I think Critch has also got to start having one eye on what he wants to do in January and being ruthless, certainly within that midfield. I think we can probably argue that based upon his performances in centre mid so far next to Dougal, Carey will do a good job in there for us, providing that Dembele is, you know, is filling the gap in front and we do go out or and you know, we, we cut off the, the deadwood that you've already alluded to, Martin, and we go and and pay what's required for Moxon to give us a chance and also out wide on the wings as well because we can't rely on Hamilton and Dale for the remainder of the second half of the season. Yeah, so... we have got some deadwood. We have got some deadwood. I mean, I mean, again, we, he's been mentioned a few times on the pod and we've had a little bit of stick for it and then he scored two against Derby and everyone told us off for being naughty. But Jake Beasley, um, you know, people like that are up for grabs, I think. The, the, there's a loan move or a, or a permanent move for, for someone like him. 
Um, we have one or two fringe players that that should be nowhere, in my opinion, should be nowhere near the squad. Um, uh, and and there's got to be scope for a little bit of a, maybe a couple out and a couple in. Obviously, we'll talk about that more when we come to Christmas time. But but there's, I think it's all there for him. I do. I think I think if the players want it and Critchley wants to take this by the balls, frankly, and go for it, it is there. It is there for them to have a, a really good crack at the top six. You've also got the added thing of. I can see now, I know it was only one game, but I can see why Portsmouth have scraped a lot of games this season because they might not be all that, you know. They've been consistent, but they've, they've come from behind to win a lot of games. They were pretty dreadful against Chesterfield. I know it's only one game. And also, you've got the added caveat of Oxford losing their manager potentially tomorrow. Liam Manning's going to go to Bristol City and Oxford are going to be left on the search for a new manager, which might affect them. So there's a lot of things that are, could align in our favour if we go for it, but it's up to us to take the ball by the horns and and properly stamp stamp our authority on this league, which we know we can do. That's it. And we talked about the, the mentality of the of the players. If Quitch turns around, rather than you know questioning them, okay, take it on the chin that they're not doing what you say. Well, pick the players that are doing what you say and go out and play the way that you want to play, attacking football and attack the league, and you know fall on your sword if needs be. At least go out giving it a go and doing it how you want to do it, rather than potentially two or three months down the line sitting in mid table and, and you lose your job because we're nowhere near the top six because you were going, oh well, I, I was putting square pegs in round holes and Callum Conley wasn't quite beating two or three men and whipping it in with his left foot, you know, for Rose to tap in. We all know it's not going to happen, so. Again, said it before, say it again. Over to you, Neil. And I, he's, he's proved it himself. He doesn't know what it takes to be successful. You know, maybe have a look at yourself in the mirror and start backing yourself, Neil, because you've, you've clearly got the credentials and the ability. Start putting that belief into the, the players on the pitch and, and go and yeah. take, like Martin said, this this league by the balls and, and get us yeah. up into the top six as a minimum. And we have um, Kyle Joseph to come back. Let's not forget about that. A guy who's not played yet. And worth a lot of money in this league, and and somebody who could really, you know, sort of, he could really make a difference in that front three, couldn't he? So, you know, and Jordan Gabriel. So we've got we've got a lot of things to be optimistic about as long as as long as he, the, the magic tinker man gets it right. Yeah, we'll come on to injuries in a minute with Kurt, but I just I don't know. Just put it put it to the room, really. That this is what's about with with the former mentality from either up above or with the players, because Kurt said. You know, I wouldn't blame him for potentially going five three two three five two, whatever you want to do. But Kurt, I suppose the question to you really: if he's trying to shore things up and be be hard to beat with this formation, then you could, you could really argue that it isn't working because we've conceded the most goals inside the top eight, and we've we've scored, I think, about the fifth or sixth lowest goals in the top eight as well. So we've conceded twenty two goals and scored twenty four. Yes, it's a plus two. But we're not really being that ruthless when it comes to games, and we're not exactly being a defence which is staying strong. And despite the first sort of five games with the with the three nil nils and the and the two nil win against Burton, so you're kind of in limbo now, um, Kringo limbo <laughs> with 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 the team. And like you said, with one with what he's going to put out, and two how we're going to perform. And for me, that that does down come down to mentality because we haven't got a killer instinct in 90 minutes. And we sometimes don't have killer instinct in 45 minutes because we showed against Fleetwood we could be the best team in the league. And then all of a sudden, we just choose not to play anymore. So I think, I don't know if there's a question in there, Kurt, but I think we're now seeing, or we're going to see a side of Critchley, which is going to make or break his maybe his, his legacy at Blackpool because 
if he doesn't show what he's all about and makes us hard to beat and we have a really bad November and December, I don't think Sadler will, will stick around to, to, to see what he does in January, in my personal opinion. And I don't want to see him sacked. I want to see him be the manager that we want him to be because he, he showed in the Championship, Fulham at home, Sheffield United away. I know we're dominated, but he still set up really cleverly and we hit him on the counter and won the game. And Redding, you know, Redding away, you can name all these games where we've just played extraordinarily well with a system and a structure that has worked for us, but this one doesn't seem to be working for us. Listen to some of the teams that you said there about, uh, you know, Fulham, Sheffield United. Look at the players that Fulham had, you know, Tom Kearney, Mitrovic, all these players. They're players you need to really worry about, really concern yourself with. Set yourself up to counter what Fulham can bring to you. They're one of the best teams in the league that season. And both games from memory, we beat them at home 1-0, Josh Bowler scored. And away from home, we took a point off them. One, one. So th- and, and that was purely down to the way he set up and he, he shaped the team. And that he can be, he can, he can be that manager at that level. He doesn't need to be it down here. Look at when we went up previously. We played like a 4 4 2, didn't we? With quite high wingers, you know, with Sims, Yates, Embleton, or Anderson, um, Dimitri Mitchell on the right. Like you're keeping it very simple, stupid. What do we need three centre backs for in this league? I, I personally don't see why. I think. One of Husband and, and Casey, Husband and Pennington, Pennington and Casey, either of those, you know, two out of those three. No, Marv's then, in the back four is the best defender we have. In my yeah, opinion. exactly. Add Marv's in there. He's brilliant at Bromley. You know, and then what have you got? You've then got the option of playing Husband at left back. You've got you've got Lions that you can play at right back. And then, then you're letting CJ just attack. It doesn't, you know, yes, he can he can track back, but it doesn't necessarily have to worry about it. Same with Owen Dale. You can play Owen Dale on the left. And actually that formula starts to look relatively good again in a very similar fashion to what we had previously, that we did have sort of interchangeable players that we could move around, but we had a very clear identity. And But he tried it. If you remember, he did try and play three at the back when, when he first came. And he very quickly, after about four or five goals, scrapped it. And then we started to see, or made four or five games, sorry. I think it was... I think he got I mean, told... Well, one in ten we won, didn't it? Yeah, one exactly. 10, yeah. After ten games, he scrapped it and suddenly we found an identity and then we moved on from that. This is, this is this is my point about mentality though, isn't it? He's being so stubborn that it's going to cost us the most simplest, I think in any league, a simple top two or a simple playoff position. I know football isn't simple, but it's literally down to him and what he wants to achieve. And if he can't see it now, he's never going to see it in my personal opinion. And the, the only time we had a clear identity was... Well, I say only time, but um, Hoggy, you said it against Peterborough and we changed shape despite having 10 men. We looked like a team that is absolutely ruthless and we scored two goals to 10 men against a team that have just previously danced around us for, for 60 minutes. And we started to see a real black ball come out and that was when we changed to a formation that we know and love. And I don't get it. We can rinse and repeat about the 4-4-2 we want, but my, my point is against Bolton, that's probably the time where I would go straight to a four because we've got lack of CMs and we've got a lack of... Um, you know, a lack of potential creativity. I don't know in that in that midfield, but we need to be resolute. So I would go back to a four, but we'll come on to that a bit later on. But enough on mentality. I think there's still positives in there. We just need to see our team flourish better than and what we've been doing. And it's and it like you said, Hoggy, it's it's that 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 first eleven which is gonna conduct the performance and scoring three goals in 12 minutes at any level is very decent and and do it in the manner we did against Fleetwood could have been the first half and we could have been laughing all the way to the bank. Lo and behold, we come away with a point um, and a very disappointing one at that. Anyway, Kurt, sorry, Hoggy, go ahead, mate. I was just going to say, no, it's it's 
just to finish up on Critch's comments, it's clear to see that he's he's starting to get as frustrated, or at least showing that he's getting as frustrated as we are now. And it might have taken him a little bit longer, um, but if he's starting to get to the place where the majority of our fans feel, then I do think that will will be a positive thing overall. Um, and again, hopefully he starts going with, with what he believes in. And an interesting point on that, on that full away game that Kurt mentioned, if you remember the first 10 minutes, um, we were 1-0 down and we had not kicked the ball because we absolutely changed our, our own philosophy of what we were about. Unfortunate event, obviously, that paused the game for a long time. But when we came back out, you'd have thought we were the team at the top of the league and going to the Prem. We, we gave them yeah. a, a hell of a game. So Critch can do it, um, but it's got to come from him uh, and he's, he's got to install that belief in the players. Um yeah, I was going to talk about the injuries, Tom, and that why, why do we seem to have so many injuries that seem to last for so long? Uh, you know, a lot of other clubs have players out for two or three games here, you know, uh, Norburn's out, and we, we seem to have lost a bit of news around what's going on with these players. You know, I must have heard that Gabriel and, and you know, Joseph are on the grass for about two months now, um, you know, and what seemed like a you know some sort of muscle injury with or a strain for Norburn seems to be just going on forever so I, I hope he's back this weekend but there seems to be something with our injuries that either it's it's poor medical staff I don't know it's the facilities you know we've still got a, what I would class as a below par training ground they're obviously doing the best they can that will come in a few years but there seems to be and I don't know what everybody else thinks about this but it seems to be that whenever we get a hamstring injury they either recur or that, you know, look at Virtue. Virtue's out again, comes in, plays very well, gone again. Gable's been out for ages for something. It just seems to be that whenever we get an injury, it just seems to be prolonged for longer than what you would expect. And that kind of holds us back because if you look at those players that are injured now, Gabriel would be in most people's teams, I think. I think, you know, Joseph is very promising. Virtue looked like he was, right, finally, we've got the Virtue that Lincoln said they had. Norburn obviously starting every game. So, you know that seems to be a side that worries me because we struggled with it last year as well, and we struggled with it. We struggled with it for years, and we always seem to have more people out injured than other teams. So I think there's something there, um, but obviously don't know where it is. But I just thought it's worth talking about. Yeah, I think <clears throat> I think the nature of the injury sometimes comes into play with, with with Gabriel. I think if you listen to his interview, he just said he knew he's gone again, and it was his knee and. A knee is not something that recovers really well, but I think more more to the point, it's the hamstrings for me, and that's been three, four years now, hasn't it? And those hamstrings seems to last another quarter of the time it should have lasted, and I and I do think it comes down to facilities and and maybe like the way we maybe have the facility to recover because we like you said it's below par and it's it's frustrating to say the least. And I think the sooner this training ground and whatever facility is built, it will help players, you know, um, mental health and their well-being, regardless of them training in the port cabin and, you know, on a field really with nothing there. I think when you come into facilities like that and it just helps morale and everything like that and preparation and recovery and more, more to the point, I feel like we're being, something's being hidden with Norburn because he was in contention for, for Cheltenham, wasn't he? And now he's not been in the match day squad for for for, for, for nearly a month or, or or three and a half weeks now, and if he's not there against Bolton, the, oh, fuck, I don't know what we're going to do. But Kerry's going to have to be captain and a CDM, and you know we're just going to have to rely on Dembele to work wonders. But I, I don't know what it is with injuries, but hamstrings occur more more than any other team, in my opinion. I think at one point in League One in Critchley's first ten year, we had about six players out of hamstring injuries. Um, but. Who knows? I do think it comes down to facilities and maybe a bit of rotten luck with with the same players getting the same injuries. But 
it's got to be something to do with the facilities, in my opinion. I don't know if Hoggy, you've got a different opinion. I think again, it's hard, it's hard to say without knowing the, the the full detail, isn't it? I think Gabriel's is, is fairly obvious. It, it's quite a severe one, but again, the position that we're going to ask him to come back into, he's going to have a lot of you know, physical impact around that knee up and down that wing all the time. So that's something Critch is probably mindful of. Uh, Virtue, coming back to what Martin said before, actually, is probably a player we forgot when we talked about that centre mid role. He'd been fairly impressive in his his performances so far. So to see him pick up a hamstring was a bit. Um, a, a bit annoying, Joseph. I have nothing to say because I don't know nothing about him really from the the cameo that we've we've seen of him so far. Um, so we'll wait to see what what he can add. Um, Norburn, I, I agree. It was apparently in contention, so it seems odd that he's had a strain or a, a bad neck that's that's gone on for so long. Um, and if he can't be back in the squad after that for a, for what is our biggest game of the season so far, without doubt, on Saturday, then then yeah, it's. Um, it, it's it's a bit worrying, um, but I, every team has injuries. Every team has suspensions. We've got uh, openly come out and said it. The top eight budget, I think, uh, been mentioned for us this season. Top eight, top six, and we've still got a squad regardless of those injuries that should have us doing and performing better than what we are. That's my fundamental um, summing up of the current situation. Anything to add, Martin, before we end the pod? Um, the only thing I would say is that. I've seen the pictures at Squiresgate and they seem pretty good to me. I'm not a pitch expert, but they look all right. I don't, I don't know. What I would say, though, is that, it, and again, I've mentioned this a few times on the pod, it does make me laugh, though, when people say during the transfer window, oh, we don't need a training ground. And then we've got loads of injuries. Oh, it must be terrible facilities. We need a training ground, desperately. We need a training ground, no matter how much it costs. And, and you know, maybe these things will be better in the future. But, but yeah, I, I think every team does have injuries, but we... The, Last year was horrendous, wasn't it? It was like the walking wounded, wasn't it? it was like a battle zone. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure in League One, at one point, I think Sully, Keshi, Gabriel, mm. Embleton, um, Lavery, maybe Medine. That we had about six players out with just a hamstring injury. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that's just because of the Squires Gate, but you say the pitch yeah. is okay. The pitch might be okay, but. Look at the mm. facilities, where they eat, where they spend time, where they recover. It's just not there at the moment, and it's something we desperately need as a football club. and And you can it balance is. the two. You can balance the two. You can have a decent, you know, budget, or, or you know, getting that decent marquee loan signing, and probably build on on a better training facilities. But I'm not Simon Sadler. I don't spend Blackpool's money. It's easy for me to say, but I just think we could, you know. That's that's going to come in the future, but we'll see. But just before we end the pod, um, Kurt, some real positive news, and I, um, I put on X about Ollie Casey's um, stats so far this season. But he's been a key player so far this season. Of course, probably one of our best players, um, and he signed a deal to at least twenty twenty six, and and it's really good to see us do some proactive work with contracts. That is the one thing that you know we we do act like a football club, which is you know. It, we all know what happened with the Oysters, you know, that this sort of stuff just didn't seem to happen unless it meant they'd lose substantial amounts of money. Whereas this is proactively done to lock down probably one of the best centre backs in the league. So that when January comes and your your teams in the championship are looking for someone, we're not having the mick taken out of us anymore with Dizzery two hundred and fifty grand bids and, you know, injured goalkeepers being sent to us. So, you know, it, Jokes is good, just saying. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I just think the whole the whole way we approach players now, we are further ahead. We just need to piece that together with when we go to make that marquee signing, 
we we don't just posture we don't just talk about it we don't just get agents to release or get people to release the news in the paper that we're making big bids we go ahead and do it and that's that's what we need to do as a club now is, is make that marquee signing because that will propel us and that will move us forward so um yeah really happy casey's had a fantastic start um, I did say at the start of the season that I think he's someone to watch. I think he's, you know, he's come in and he's made that position his own. And just the only way Marv got in was through suspension, wasn't it really, or or injury to Casey? But thankfully, Marv's come in and he's he's done a relatively good job over the the last two games. I think he was man of the match on Saturday. Um, so was, um, yeah. K- Casey will be out on Saturday as well. Is that right? I think it got yeah two more two games because apparently the way he acted, who knows? But so look, we've they, got a squad. We've got a squad of players, haven't we? That you know, when when someone like Casey's out, Marv can come back in. But um, you know, the, these young players, we we need to start giving a chance to and and um, yeah, let's let's see how we get on on Saturday. Yeah, we're going to do a little um, section on Thursday's pod with who else we, in the squad we'd like to tie down, but we're going to end the pod there. It's just over an hour, Mark. And Martin, um, thanks for giving your thoughts this evening. Yeah, no, thanks. Uh, yeah, I'd just like to echo that as well. It's great to see Casey sign a contract. I'm, you know, it's effectively a four-year deal, so that is great proactive from the club. And also kudos to him for signing and staying because uh, only Kurt predicted that. I didn't think he had a, a future here. So, you know, Kurt, are you his agent? No. I, I scouted him once at Forest Green Rovers because I got forced to go watch them play Brighton. <laughs> no, no, no. Pleasure chaps as ever. No worries. And Hoggy, I'll see you uh, for our preview of the bottom game on Thursday, but thanks for this evening. Pleasure. Pleasure, gents. Look forward to seeing us on Thursday. No worries. From all of us at the Is Not Orange podcast, have a good evening. <laughs>